Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. And let me start with a personal story. A couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago, I, I grew up in the South. I'm from the South, so very, very, very South. I'm from Chile. So I grew up in, in a Christian Christian home. My family was, uh, was Christian. In fact, my, my grandpa, he was a pastor from the AG in Chile. And uh, so I grew up in this environment. My dad was highly involved in, 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 in the leadership in our church. And I knew everything about Christianity. I knew everything about God, but I, I never got that personal and intimate relationship with, with God. So after I, I, it came my, my teens, and, and when I was 19 to 20, my mom passed, and, and it was a very difficult time for me. And during this whole time, I'm in this search. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something to fulfill my heart because I, I was feeling empty. And uh, I remember this day, um, I'm in this party, I'm, I'm very drunk, I, I hide in drugs as well, and I'm in this bath- bathroom looking myself in the mirror, and, and when I'm there, this, this voice speaks to my heart saying, what are you doing here, Marco? You don't belong here. And man, I mean, for me, that, from that point on, the party was over. I mean, I couldn't sleep well. Plus, I was like completely in drugs, so I was completely messed up. And, and keep thinking after day, day after day, thinking on this about I don't belong here. And I, I, I was living this, this life during Sundays being a Christian and, and, and during the week being a worldly man. I mean, doing bad things. It was terrible. I, I thought I was... Uh, trying, I was making my, my parents believe that I was a good guy, but in, in the reality, I think they knew I, I was just a fool. That, that was the reality. But the thing is, is because I was in this search for, for something, I was looking for something to belong, to be part of. Uh, and uh, it was until I have this personal encounter with God that I realized what was the peace that I was needing in my heart. It was amazing, and that changed my life completely until today. I mean, when I look back and I, and I see what God has done is, is amazing. So the story that I want to share with you, it's, it's a story about this. It's the story about a man that is searching, a man that is, in this case, he's fighting for a blessing. But this blessing has a meaning, and the reality is this is a man fighting for his identity. That, that is the main thing here. He's fighting for his identity. And we will see when we go into this story, but uh, for him, this blessing is all, and, and that is what he won. And it's important that you understand because searching for, for a blessing for him is equal to this identity crisis. 
He has something inside of him that is not fulfilled. He has something in his heart that doesn't, is not complete. And, and when, when I was studying this, this, this scripture and when I was looking the life of this man, I was thinking, I'm that man. I'm that person. I, I, I'm this guy. And, and the more that I was reading and the more that I was learning, I was seeing myself right there when I was a young kid, when, when, when I was struggling with sin and Christianity with all the questions that I had. And the problem with this identity crisis is it's that we do anything and everything. In fact, I'm going to put it here. We're willing to do anything and everything to get what we want. I'm willing to do everything it takes to get that thing that is going to fulfill my heart. I'm willing to, I don't know, spend a night and sleep with somebody and have sex before marriage to fulfill that thing in my heart. I'm willing to get in debt because I want to get that home or I want to get that car to fulfill that thing in my heart. I'm willing to cheat in my job because I want to fulfill that that thing inside of me that is telling me that, that it's empty. We have done this. We know what it is. And maybe you are here. This is your first time. Or maybe you've been coming to this church. Or, or maybe you connect with us through, through your phone or your computer because you're searching for something. And that is the story of this man. In fact, we, we go through this season and we do things only to, to, to look like some, something that we are not. In fact, I put it like this. We hide. Behind a mask because we are searching for fulfillment and happiness. We know what is that. When, when I said the, the idea of a mask, you know what that means. Because maybe you are using one today. You are using your Sunday mask or your Christian mask. You know what it means to use masks when you go to work, when, you, when you're with your kids, when you're with your spouse, when you're doing things. You know what that means. This is not something that, oh, what, what this guy's talking about. No. It's a reality that many of us go through. So when we do this, we play this game that I call the, the game of identity. And I, I put it like this, a couple of ideas. The game of identity is one of that is choosing from multiple passports. So maybe you're like me, you like movies. Have you watched those movies of uh, uh, like spies? And they, they always have a lot of passports. So when they're in trouble, what they do, they can choose who they want to be. And that is what we do. We are searching for that identity that will fit in different situations in our life. And we try to appear to other people of something that we are not. We go through those different situations. What about this one? Using a fake ID. Maybe you did it when you was young, very young. And we use this, and the idea behind this is we try to be somebody that we are not. We, we try to do that person that uh, is cool in, in our job or at school, uh, at college, and we try to be that cool person. But in reality, we are not that person. And, 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 and we go through this situation, we are using a fake ID. The other one I think is funny, misrepresenting hide and wait on our driver's license. <laughs> so when we go to renew our driver's license, it's kind of like, what is your height? And you know you're 5'7", but you, you want to round it up and you say six foot. Yes? <laughs> and plus, what is your weight? And you, you are 180 when you 
when you took your first, uh, when you get your first driver's license and you're, now you're 230, but you want to keep saying that you're 180. So we misrepresent. And this is a way to distort the reality just for us to feel better. And many of us play this, play this game. Many of us go through this season and, and many of us go through situations like this just to get uh, this peace that can fill the emptiness in our heart. The problem with the identity crisis is that it's equal to unhappiness. Think about that. We get the big house. Are you happy? You get the car that you was looking for. Are you happy? You get that man or that woman that you want to marry with. Are you really happy? I get the job or I get the position that I was looking for. That I'm really happy. Are those things filling this emptiness in my heart? Because at the end of the day, that is the question I think that we need to try to answer. So like I said, today we're going to talk about a man, and the man is Jacob. Jacob, man, J I am Jacob. And I think most of us are Jacob. And we go through the, the situations that this man went through in his life. And I think God uh, uh, put the, the, this story just for us to know that there's an opportunity for us as well. And, 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 the, and the story of, of Of Jacob is like I said in the beginning, is a man fighting for this blessing or a man trying to figure out who he is. That is, that is the theme of, of, um, of his story. In fact, you will see that he, and I'm going to put it here, he will, he, his life will not have made sense without that blessing. He, he, he's willing to do everything and anything. Remember, he's willing to, he is going to be willing to do anything and everything to get What he wants is that blessing, to fulfill that emptiness in his heart. So when we look at the story, the story began with Rachel and Isaac, and, and she got, got pregnant. And the situation goes like she's thinking, I'm going to have a baby. She's so excited, but she starts to feel weird. Something is going on that is not okay. So what she does, she, she goes and, and goes to the men of God, okay? That is what the scripture tells us. And, and she goes to the men of God, and she's asking, what is the problem with this baby? And the men of God said, you know what? There's not one baby. There's two babies, and this represents two nations. And the oldest will serve the youngest. And think about this, because I never saw it in this way, but... This was a promise. This was a prophecy that these parents received from the moment. And in other words, they are saying the blessing that it comes always to the oldest has to go to the youngest. That was the idea. And the kids come and, and the baby's born and, and, and Esau comes first. And, and maybe you have read the story when Jacob is holding on. So he, he got called uh, The, the, the grasper or the, the replace, the one who want to replace or steal, his name means bad things. 
And he, again, he grew up with this idea. Maybe his mom was talking to him all the time, trying to say, hey, don't worry, don't worry. You're going to get this blessing. You are the one that uh, is going to receive the blessing because God gave us a word. But he, he can see what's going on in his dad, and his dad doesn't put attention to him because he's not strong, because he's not a hunter, because he doesn't have the look of the one who can receive the blessing. Isaac is fascinating with Isa, and he loved Isa, and he's putting all his hope on this young man. And when uh, Jacob, in an opportunity, ha- has, has the chance to get this blessing, and, and he tried to make a deal with, with his brother, but apparently nothing happened because it came the day when Isaac is old, he's blind, he, he can't see, so he's ready to go home to die, and he called Esau said, son, I want you to go and hunt something and make some meal because I'm going to eat and I'm going to bless you. All these things that Jacob is trying to do to get what he wants, he's losing it. So his mom is listening this and she goes to Jacob when, when Esau goes to hunt and said, honey, go dress like your brother. Put some goat's uh, uh, skin in your, in your arms because you need to look like your brother and uh, I'm going to make a meal for your dad, and you're going to go, and you're going to get the blessing. How? I mean, they are trying to make this, this whole thing to deceive uh, Isaac. And, th- and there it is, this whole situation. So we, we pick up in, 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 in chapter 27 when Jacob is coming with this meal, okay? Chapter 27, verse 18. He went to his father and said, my father. Yes, my son. He answered, who is it? He, he can hear that the voice is not Esau's voice. I mean, he's, he's blind, but it's, it's not silly. I mean, come on. Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. It's interesting in this part that the person who is writing this, there's a way to put things in, and the, the last word, it means what he's feeling like. In fact, when Esau come and come the, the food, and he answered who he was, he said, I'm your firstborn Isa. He never felt like the firstborn. He always felt, felt like Isa. But for Jacob, he always felt like the firstborn. And, and there it is. So maybe you haven't read the story. Maybe you had. Let me remind you. The dad is still, Isaac is still like, I don't know if this is for real. Come on. So let me touch you. He touched his arm and, oh, yes, those are the arms of my son. But he's still not convinced, so uh, next thing, come over here, let me kiss you. So when he comes, he is smelling, Jacob was wearing the clothes of um, his brother, so he smelled, oh, yes, that is the smell of my son. And he blessed him. And he go with this blessing, the thing that he had been looking his whole life. And right when he's leaving, his brother is coming with the meal, preparing. He come in and said, hey, dad, here's the meal. Eat and bless me. Excuse me? Who are you? I'm your firstborn. Esau, come on. And look what, what uh, Jacob said, verse uh, 33. I ate, I ate it just before you came, and I, and I bless him, referring to Jacob. And indeed... He will be blessed. So in this situation, I wanted you to realize that this blessing was not something that 
you, take, you can take away. It was not something that you give, and, and after that, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. I'm, I'm going to move it to, to the one that I want. And maybe in this situation, uh, Isaac is feeling like I was deceived, but the reality is I made a mistake. I should have given the blessing to my son, Jacob. But that, is, that was something that was not um, uh, something that you can give and take, that blessing. And Jacob is having this thing that he wanted, but the moment that he get it, he can enjoy it. Because the family completely destroyed. And think about that. When we take things in our own hand, all the things go, go wrong. It's kind of like uh, we try to do the best, but things doesn't go as well as we thought it would be. So that is what is going on here. And he has to escape because his brother wants to kill him. And now that when he got the blessing, he doesn't have anything. He has the blessing, but he can't enjoy it. He has that blessing that he was looking this whole time, but he can't enjoy it. It's when we, we get that home that we want, but we need to pay every single month, and it's something that we really can't enjoy. We get that nice car that we were looking for, but we can't enjoy it because... We need to pay, and it's kind of, it's so painful. Why I did, get, I did get this loan? Why I'm in this situation? We get in that relationship thinking, but we can't enjoy it because it's, it's not what we thought. So if you continue reading this story, he has to go, and, and, and he can enjoy. I mean, he doesn't have anything. In fact, in the middle of of his trip, he, he, he has to sleep, and he has to use a rock as a pillow because he doesn't have anything else. Think about that. He doesn't have anything else other than a rock to put his head. Now, he gets to his uncle, and, and maybe you have heard the story. He fell in love with a uh, uh, daughter, and, and he's working there. So Levin come and say, you know, son, you cannot be working for me for free. So how can I pay you? And here's when chapter 29 comes alive. Now, Levin has had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Two daughters, okay? And continue. Leah had weak eyes, which is code. Nobody believes me this, but that is a code for ugly. She was ugly, and Rachel was lovely, figure, and beautiful. I mean, it's true. Think about this. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel got better eyes than her. No. The reality is Leah was ugly and Rachel was beautiful. And Jacob was, of course, in love with Rachel. And he said, and here, I will work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. And this is the most stupid thing that a man can do. And that is what we do for sometimes for love. I mean, the truth is, this guy is offering so much money that it's, it's stupid. I mean, the custom was you will pay at least three months of a, of a working wait. I mean, you, that, is, that was, will be the amount. Three months, it will be good. But he's overpaying. He's overpaying the amount. And think about his need for fulfill this emptiness is so high that he's willing, like I said in the beginning, he's willing to do anything 
to get it. And he's going to overpay. He's going to make sure that he, his uncle is going to say yes because he want to get that thing that he wants because he's thinking, if I get Rachel, I will get happiness. If I get Rachel, I will get the blessing. The problem is, and think about in our, in our, in, in our own life, the more empty I feel, the more I try to fill up my heart. The more things I try to do, the more things I start to work in to, to get that thing that is going to fill my heart. And, and we do different things. Look this. We fill our heart with work. And we work, work, work. And our kids are growing up by themselves. And we keep working and working and working. I don't know who told me. They are daycares that are 24 hours. It's kind of like take care of my kids and I'll do my own. And, and maybe you have a reason why, but this is a way to fill up our heart. What about distractions? We, do, we, we get distracted just to fill out our heart and to fill this emptiness. I, I was watching this report a while ago where they were saying now uh, there's an addiction of video games. And, and people are so addicted to this distraction that they can't live without it. And then they get mad and, and they need to go and uh, do things to, to rid away of this addiction. Or the first thing that we do in the morning, praise the Lord, yes? I don't know. It's grab the phone and check Facebook if they, did, if they, if they like my picture or my post. And, and you laugh because it's true. I mean, that is what we do. And after that, we read the Bible. <laughs> what about relationship? We, we, we take relationships as a way to fill this emptiness. So we think that man or that woman is going to fulfill my heart, and we go in that relationship, and, and after a while, we've, no, this is not working, and I move on. And I move on, and we're looking for the one. And flash news, guys, the one doesn't exist. You will never find the one. Ask any older couple that being married for many, many years. There, there is not thing about the one. It might be the second because there's only one, the Lord. I mean, when I have him as the one, but that is another sermon. <laughs> so think about this. We try to fill our hearts. And, and, and the thing is, and I'm going to put it here, we try to define who we really are by things that we can get. If I can get the house, people is going to think that I'm... Uh, I'm this type of person. If I get the, 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 the person that I'm looking for or the relationship, I will get uh, what I'm looking for. If, if I get the car, I, I will be able to fulfill this dream that I've been having my whole life. We, we try to define who we are by the things that we get. Now, in this situation, what is going on here is Jacob is trying to buy his happiness. That is what is going on here. He, he tried before with his brother, and now he's trying it again with his uncle. He's trying to buy his happiness. He's thinking, if I give a good amount of money, I will get the thing that I want. And, 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 and the reality is, we can't. You know this. We can't buy happiness. But we keep doing it, and we keep trying. Thursday. There's big sales on Black Friday. 
because we try to buy happiness. Think about this. When I, uh, and I'm going to put a key. When I have an identity crisis, I am always running away. And that is the life of Jacob. When he got uh, the deal, seven years later, he, he went to sleep with, with Rachel, and he wake up with Leah. He was deceived the same way that he deceived his father. He had to wear another seven years to get the woman that he wanted. So after many years, he, he get a good amount of money. He, 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 he have the things that he need. He has a family. And, he, and his heart, God is saying, go and go back to your parents' land. And, and that is a, a good thing. But the bad part is he's escaping. He is running away. He doesn't want his uncle know that what he's going to do. And he escaped. He go away and on a night and doesn't say anything to anybody. He take his family, his uh, possessions, and he goes. And, and we see in the story that his uncle is, what is going on here? He go, he got him, and he said, what are you doing? Why are you escaping? Why are you running away? And it's because he was afraid. That is the problem when we have an identity crisis. We're always running away. So his uncle blessed him and said, go, go bless. And, and, and he goes, but the moment that he's is leaving, again, something happened. He heard that his brother is coming, and is coming with 400 men. His brother is coming, is coming to get him with 400 men. So what he, what he does is the same thing that we will do in a situation like that. We try to arrange things for our own convenience. So Jacob started to divide the family, starting in group, sending different groups to see if he can buy. Again, think about this. He, he, he's sending gift to his brother to see if he can buy the love of his brother because he's freaked out. He, he's thinking, what, is, what am I going to do when my brother comes? I mean, he's trying to, to make a deal. So the last thing that he does is, is he, his family, and, and here's when we take again this story in chapter 32, uh, Verses 22, and, and he said, The night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 son, and crossed the ford of the Jabok, and continue. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possession, so Jacob was left alone. And, and don't miss out this part. I mean, so many times we read this and we go over, but... The person who is writing this is putting this, this word for a reason. It was so necessary for him to be alone. Think about this principle, and I'm going to put it here. The best way, the best way for God to work in our lives is when we take away all the distractions. That is why we always try to... Uh, uh, encourage you to, to fast and to get distractions away so we can focus by ourselves in our closet searching. But we have this tendency of put distractions in our life and, and, and the TV, I don't know, the phone, the friends, and whatever it is, the, our jobs, many, many distractions. 
And, and, and maybe when we come here, we, we, we experience God in a way, but it's not our own experience. And in fact, I like what Timothy, Timothy Keller said this, and I'm going to put it here. He said, it is easier to relate to God through other people's experience than through my own. It's people to relate with God when I hear stories from uh, uh, people in church, what happened to them. It's easy to relate with God when I hear pastor uh, sharing a message. But when, I, when I'm by myself, it's different. When I move to another city, okay, who cares? I mean, I'm going to start my own thing now, and, and we forget. That is why it's so necessary to have our own experience. Think about this. We will never find uh, the true blessing until we encounter God by ourselves. I'm going to say it again just in case for those watching. We will never find true blessing unless we encounter God by ourselves. You know, if you see a person transform, it's because that person had an intimate and personal experience with God. So here's the situation. He's alone. We continue, verse 24. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. We can, we can spend all morning here in just these three words. He was alone. He has to wrestle until daybreak. He has to be alone. And he has to be alone. Why he has to be alone? Because, like I said, it's important for us to understand that we will never find that encounter he has to wrestle because we need to break things. We need to take things away in our life that we're trying to fill. And when we do that, a new day will come. The daybreak will come. The story continues. When the man saw that he couldn't overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. So in that moment, something happened. They are fighting, and the man just touched. And that word touch is just a soft touch. Ding! And the bone, he felt power. He felt something different. He felt something different. And look what happened, because this is what verse 26 said. Then the man said, let me go for this daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Because when he felt that touch and he felt that pain and he was completely broken, he held on to this man because he figured out something that he never understood before. He's holding on into, into this man that had something that he'd been searching for his whole life. Here I have my opportunity, and I will not let you go. Think about this. For, for, for Jacob, all the time, Esau was the problem. Esau was taking the position. Esau was taking the, 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 the lie spot. And he always, maybe in his mind, he, he was saying, if we're not for my brother, if we're not for my brother, my dad would have loved me. My dad would have given me that blessing. If it were not for my brother, I, I never had to run away from, from home. For him, all the time, the idea of, uh, of his brother was, that was the problem. But the reality is, when we have our identity crisis, think about this. When we have our identity crisis, we always blame 
everything and everyone else. It's never our fault. It's never my problem. It's other people's problem. It's the system. It's the government. It's my parents. It's my, it's my, it's my job. It's because I, I never have an opportunity. Really? And we forgot to do uh, an x-ray to ourselves, to look ourselves. You know what was the problem here? The real problem was he didn't know God personally. That was the problem. That was the problem because there's a big difference. And think about this, knowing God versus knowing about God versus knowing God. There's a big difference. There's a big gap. Before I had my personal encounter with God, I knew about God. I knew every single story. I knew the story of Jacob. I knew the story of uh, Jonah. I knew the story of Jesus dying in a cross. I knew this verse, for God so loved the word, and I, didn't, I knew it in Spanish. Look how smart I was. <laughs> but I didn't know God personally. There's a big difference. I can come here with a teacher, uh, a t-shirt, a basketball t-shirt, uh, some Basketball pants, some basketball sneaker, and with a basketball under my arm. And that doesn't mean that I'm a basketball player. There's people who come to church with the Bible, with the with the tie, with, with their pants better than mine. <laughs> I have to point it out. And they raise their, their hand and, and men, and, and when you see them, they look like the real deal. But they know about God, but they don't know God. I'm telling you, there is a big difference. That is what is going on with Jacob. He knew the stories, but he didn't know God. Think about this. When Jacob encountered God, he understood that God was the blessing. So that is why he's holding. You are the blessing. You are the thing that I want. You are that thing that I've been looking my whole life. And I will not let you go until you bless me. So God is saying his heart now. And, and the man said to Jacob, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. I'm a deceiver. I'm a liar. I, 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 I'm, I'm the one who is being stealing things. I'm a fake. That is who I am. He's being honest with God. This is who I am. So this is what happened. Then the man said, your name will not be, no longer be Jacob. Your name will not longer be a deceiver, uh, a stealer. No, no, no. Your name is not going to be any more of that. But Israel, because you have struggled struggle with God and with humans and have overpowered, overcome. And the, 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 the translation here doesn't give enough power to what is going on here. Because the truth is, God is saying to him, you know what, Jacob? You've been fighting with me, trying to do things your own way, and you messed up. You've been trying to fight with men, buying things, trying to get things for your own, and you never make it right. The reality, Jacob, is you haven't done anything good, but I will bless you. You don't deserve a blessing but I will bless you. And this doesn't have any sense. 
but that is God. God is not moved by what we do. He's moved by his scandalous love. It's not for the things that you do. It's not how many times you come to church. It's good. But he's not moved by that. How many times you pray, how much you give, how many people you invite to church, he's not moved by those things. He is moved because he loves you so much. He loves you so much that he wants you to know him, to understand the blessing are not in the things that are for sale. The blessing are not in that man or in that woman. No, 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 I am your blessing. And I'm willing to do everything to bless you. Remember this. My blessing doesn't come from anywhere else but God. It's time to hold on. It's time to hold on. In fact, my identity, my identity is not found in things by in Christ alone. The house, this doesn't, doesn't mean anything. The car, the husband, the kids, the pictures, the likes, the followers, that doesn't mean anything. So let me ask you this. What will happen? What would it happen if I take the decision to hold on and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me? What if I take the decision to, to hold on and, and waiting for that blessing? What would it happen in my relationship with my spouse? What would it happen with my kids? What would it happen in my work, in my neighborhood? Oh, I want to challenge you to hold on because you can miss it. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.